people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. On the corner, 400 to go, last chance. Well, let's see if we can get him rack up the Rockhampton Mackay Newmarket. Double his one in front. Brad's coming off his back and he's looming large. Last chance, the inside. Brad, the outside. Right or wrong, getting to the crown of the track. He's starting to thunder home. Brad hit the front over, last chance. Right or wrong, here he comes. He's coming at Brad. Right or wrong, went to them one. Right or wrong, beat Brad. Last chance, third, bowl style, fourth. Star of O'Reilly. Right or wrong, taking out the tab. Newmarket at Mackay last Friday. Congratulations, Tiffany Brooker and Lindsay Goff combining there as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and news that is news around some of the country tracks this week. We've got a bit of news for you on a meeting that is going to be transferred from Saturday to Sunday this weekend. But we're also looking back at last weekend's action where the Hewenden Cup went to Chapelco, The Noel Allen Memorial at uh, the Baku Amateurs of Blackall was taken out by Better Than Gold. Also news and results coming out of the Mariba and Thangul programs on the weekend. And as always, helping us out with our news on Bush Peters, Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Um, how are you in Brisbane this morning? A bit of a chilly well, one in Longreach this morning. Yeah, no, all good here. Nice, nice sunny day. It's always lovely winter weather. And great to hear that call of right or wrong coming off an unlucky Rocky Cup run after being third in the eyeliner, uh, the nine-year-old Manhattan race. Sometimes, Tony, some listeners might qu- query why we uh, feature these provincial uh, races in our uh, Bush Beach show, our country racing show. But the important thing is that this is a highlight of the uh, provincial racing at the moment. And many of our country participants aim to get to this level. Uh, for example, Balenti went so close in the Rockhampton uh, Cup the other week and... Uh, a couple of years ago, Deadly Choices taking out the Cleveland Bay. So it's a, one of those pinnacle things we aim for. And great to see also you get the uh, the importance of young apprentices who are really supporting country racing like Angela Jones. Now, I'm not sure if this was one of her first provincial meetings, but she kicked home Dawson's delight at that meeting. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she got pretty close to a treble at Toowoomba on Saturday night. So that progression from being in the country, doing the hard yards, getting to this next level, great to see Angela Jones doing a top job. And and that's the importance of being able to follow these uh, provincial uh, carnivals as they are before we come back into our country cups carnivals that will roll on in the next couple of months. Very much so, Robin, especially when we're talking about uh, some of the uh, the series that we've been following along the way and, and they'll dive in and out of the the uh, the tab tracks and then back into the non-tab meetings. And a perfect example of that is Tuesday last week, the uh, Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial Up and Coming Stayers Series uh, wound up with the uh, the race there at Cairns last Tuesday, taken out by tutelage for Nathan Day and Janelle Ryan was uh, the final leg of a winning treble there for Nathan Day. Now, I know people can watch it on Sky. They can listen to it on Radio Tab. They can grab all of the uh, results on Racing Australia and on the Racing Queensland website and things like that. But as you say, there's a, a lot of uh, people that are very invested in some of those races, and that's a perfect example of that series, that uh, while we might have had some of those races as tab meetings at Cairns especially... Uh, we didn't when we were at Mount Garnet or at Gordonvale or at Oak Park. So it's great to be able to highlight some of those great results. And then you get the other growth too where our country TAB meetings come into play. And Gimpy on the weekend had its second um, in this 
year, uh, country TAB meeting. And, and great to see comeback jockeys. I know his comeback's been going a little while now, but Brendan Newport combined with Rod Hilton with a double with Tierra de Basio and, and a good galloper in the open handicap in uh, New Alliance. And apprentice Louise Dillon kicking home a double for uh, Caldwell. And there was a big social media story on Caldwell getting its uh, first win uh, there for the Brendan Jones team. And Lindsay Goff's Shinnecock uh, in the benchmark 65. So to get this level going in country racing has been a real goal, hasn't it? Getting the country TAB meeting. So we're not going to drop them off our radar when we get some highlights coming through. Um, just because they've hit that level, we want to see more of them hit that level. And uh, great to see Gimpy getting their second one out of the year, Tony. Can I also touch on that uh, Cairns race uh, there last Tuesday, mentioning Tutelage taking out that last leg of the up-and-coming stayers series. We started that off all the way back on the 3rd of April at Mariba before going to Mount Garner, Gordonvale, uh, Atherton, Oak Park and Cairns. And now that we've come to the end of the series... I can announce that uh, Ponderosa was the horse of the series on seven points. It was a little bit shaky there going into that last leg, uh, but uh, Tutelage was able to uh, take out that race and that protected Ponderosa's very narrow lead. But it did see uh, Janelle Ryan manage to uh, post four wins in the series, which I think is fantastic in an eight-leg series to be able to support it like that. And Janelle was able to pick up uh, wins at home at Cairns, but uh, not just at Cairns, also at Gordonvale and also at Oak Park. So she takes out the trainer's tally there on 12 points. And wonderful to see Lacey Morrison supporting the series all the way through with a host of placings. And nine points puts her out in front. So well done to a Ponderosa, Janelle Ryan and Lacey Morrison as we crown the champions for the 2021 Far North Queensland Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Up-and-Coming Stayers Series. And examples like you said, Lacey Morrison, what a comeback story. And examples like Angela Jones, when you come to the Country Jockey Premiership, she was competing very closely with Alicia Ross, but now that she's gone into that provincial circuit, means she misses the country races. And you get uh, young Anna Bacos, who uh, has come out to Blackhall, and we'll feature that shortly, uh, and picks up a treble to Alicia's one and closes the gap with Alicia on 45 and Anna on 38. So that's uh, only got uh, two meetings to go, so it gets pretty exciting, and I believe Alicia might be riding at Mackay on the weekend, so Anna might be looking for a few key mounts to try and close the gap even further, Tony. Yes, we're coming down to the business end of the season, that's for sure, and I think we can just about seal off the uh, the trainers' uh, premiership for season 2021. Oh, 20, Tanya Parry on 45 and a half, well in front of Billy Johnson on 32, and that's been a, a big effort from uh, Tanya Stable because Billy has had so many runners and uh, so... Uh, has been for so long at the top of the tally there. So Tanya's really worked hard to be able to uh, take that title this year. And as you say, 45 to 38 at the moment for Alicia ahead of Anna uh, out of the uh, the jockeys uh, uh, premiership there at the moment and only a handful of race programs to go. So I don't think that one's over the line, but that's going to be pretty hard for Anna to be able to peg back that seven, ra- uh, seven win lead at the moment. And as we'll hear, Anna Bacos comes off a treble at Blackhall on the weekend. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Better than goal, straightens up, still has a length on Fully Max. The odds on favourite, he goes for the whip on it, it starts to lengthen stride. High cost down the outside, Angels at Fenway wide on the track. Better than gold hanging on to a slender lead. Fully Max driving hard. Better than gold hanging on. Fully Max coming. Better than gold. Better than gold. A long neck. Fully Max wide on the track for third. Angels of Fenway and back in between them. High cost. Only about a half length covering the first four and a great finish to the Noel Allen. As you said, Rob, uh, Anna Bacos with a treble there at the Black Hole program on the weekend. But it was Emma Bell with uh, a one leg of her winning double there on Saturday taking out the Noel Allen Memorial aboard the Rodney Little train. Better than gold.
And what an exciting finish to that meeting for that combination, the Little Bell combination, as my written articles uh, uh, finally got a headline right, I reckon, Tony. Nothing better than gold for Little and Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came from an inspiration of seeing that the Olympics started on or start this weekend. But anyway, they did the same at Ilfracombe the week before with Jarhead. And uh, when owner Gary Stoll, who outright owns better than gold, he, as a part owner, picked up his first ever cup win with the Lowy Cup. And now he backs it up. This this particular better than ready mare is really flying under the radar in some ways, now with six wins from 29. And it won the big sprint at McKinlay at its last run. That's going back three or four weeks. And look, to just hold out fully, Max, it was right in the finish of the Battle of the Bush uh, till the last 100 metres. That was a, a mighty effort, and she rode it perfectly, bounced it, got it straight out of the barriers, got it free rolling, got a few lengths in front, brought them back to the field, or came back to the field to get the breather, kicked on the turn, fully max tried valiantly, but a perfect ride, 10 out of 10 there for Amabel. And uh, she did another all-the-way win on Lucy Van Pelt, uh, Billy Johnson trained. Oh, I love the colours here, Tony, when you see them. The, the bright yellow with the dash hound on front. So you know who one of the part owners are when you see the dash hound. Is it a certain uh, a bookmaker from uh, around central Queensland? He, he definitely is, and he had a couple of runners. Good on you, Nuggy Turnbull. A good win, Lucy Van Pelt, led all the way and uh, got up over a consistent place-getter in Sarah Tali and Mistress of Money, a Jimmy Creed four-year-old mare. So it was a strong win as well. It wasn't that dominant win that Blackhall produces out of Maidens in previous years like Boingo and Sicilating where they won by 11 or 12 but it was a good win all the same but uh, but talking of that bringing out a class galloper these programs at Blackhall there's one called Nick the Skip took the Blackhall Magpies class 6 play to I am, Vince, I am Invincible trained by Shane Iverson one of the legs of the treble for Anna Bacos and she rode it beautifully just had it behind the pace and look it accelerated in the straight and won by just over 5 from a informal old town road and ancient echoes and Alfiato, a good performer, into fourth. So this was a strong win. And I know it's winning on multiple tracks, Nick the Skip. So very much one uh, a horse to watch. Um, Anna Bacos kicked off the program with Raymond Fraser with an all-too-sweet, informal all-too-sweet, an all-too-hard six-year-old gelding. Two wins, two placings. It's last four. Defeated Strawberry Blonde and Granola State, both from the uh, David Rewald um, stable. And uh, that that was a strong win because all too sweet. Only had one little blemish in the uh, in the copybook probably, but uh, it's been really consistent. And then the second of Shane Iverson's double and the third of Anna Bacos's treble, Boomfire. Well, she summed this up coming to the home turn on the Spirit of Boom uh, Philly. She just brought it wider on the track, full momentum coming into the turn, continued to drift out to the harder part of the track and uh, went away over three lengths, a winner from Von's Heroin and tanned in the early leaders. So congratulations, Anna Bacos. Uh, coming ahead in leaps and bounds with that treble and, of course, the double for Amabel. But not to be outdone, black oil trainer Clinton Austin produced a double, firstly with Coupe de Ville, the Dane Shadow Mayor. Uh, Benny Moffat riding this one beautifully in a front-running role over an informed Spolina and a Jack's Dream. And the other win, well, here's Alicia Ross bouncing back, I think, saying to Anna, well, you might get three, but I'm leading this premiership, and I'll show you how it's done in race five on the program. Uh, Burden, a horse that's never placed in two starts over 1,400. Interestingly, was nominated for the Wallowie Cup over 1,400, scratched and went in a 1,200-metre race, turns up at Blackhall in 1,400. Slowly run race, strike point had to take the lead coming into the turn, which probably didn't suit it. 
But it did fight on valiantly. But Burden has this sprinting ability. So it just kicked on the turn, got the gap, and was going away. But Strike Point narrowed it back to two lengths with Mashani Blossom, Anna Bacos, Shane Iverson into third. So a very successful seven-event program. Big thank you to Racing Queensland, not only for the extra race, but the division of the um, two bench or the benchmark 55s. Made it a great day at Blackhall. And uh, Anna Bacos, the treble, and Emma Bell, the double, and Shane Iverson, the double, and Clinton Austin, a double out of Blackhall, Tony. That was the thing, Rob, that uh, was a, a bit of a highlight, I guess, after we had the low light of losing a couple of meetings there was, uh, as we reported last week on the show, and Cole Truscott from Racing Queensland letting everyone know that, uh, yes, they were going to be uh, I guess you could say some aggressive divisions and uh, of the acceptances when they came through. If they could manage to get an extra race added to the program, they would. If they could manage to split a race into a couple of divisions, they would, uh, which I think is wonderful to be able to do something like that. And I think in a similar sort of way, and this is something I touched on at the top of the show, uh, the Emeralds uh, Jockey Club program that was scheduled for this coming Saturday has now been rescheduled to be conducted at Treasure Park Racecourse at Moranbar on Sunday. This is due to Emerald's Pioneer Park racetrack currently undergoing an upgrade. The, all of the works are currently not completed, which means the track won't be suitable for racing. So they've done, I think, a great idea to be able to then reschedule it and especially, uh, I think, put it into the Sunday. So then jockeys especially are going to be able to race whichever track they happen to be heading to and then make their way back to Moranbar, whether they're going to be at Mackay, they could be at Bundaberg, they could be at Julia Creek, they could be at Roma on Saturday then they can manage to back up to that Moranbar program on Sunday. With that, there are a couple of distance changes, like the benchmark 60 goes uh, from 1,300 up to 1,400. Uh, there's a change on the Class B. It goes 1,615 up to, uh, down to 1,550 metres. And the benchmark 45, it's a minor change there, 1,200 back to 1,170. But fresh nominations are called for that meeting. So if you did nominate for Emerald, you need to re-nominate for Moranbar. And importantly, those nominations close off in the next quarter of an hour, 11 o'clock this morning, Tuesday, 20th of July. Great progress and great cooperation, Racing Queensland and Racing Clubs, and great to see that movement to the Sunday, Tony. Very much so. Now, we had another very uh, good uh, race that we're going to uh, replay this morning, thanks to our friends at On The Bit Racing Australia. Thangul raced on the weekend, Rob, and we saw a very good quality 1,200-metre open plate. They run inside the 500 metre point and Galapagos the leader. He's on the outside of Walshie and they've raced together. They're two and a half on Suffice. The Baker now pushed along. Then Native V and the Old Bird. The race on in earnest. They run to the point of the corner. Walshie the leader. Galapagos the outside throws down the gauntlet again. Galapagos and Walshie they're going to settle down and fight it out. Galapagos and Walshie they're locked together. Galapagos, Walshie kicking on the inside. They drive to the line Walshie. Walshie has worried Galapagos out of it. The Baker third. Then Suffice followed by Native B and the old bird was last throughout. Darren Walker there with the call of that race at Thangool on Saturday. Rob Walshie and Galapagos cleared out from the rest of the field and uh, fought out the uh, the finish there with Hannah Phillips and Bob Murray combining with Walshie taking the uh, prize there in the Billowheeler screens and awnings open plate. Yeah, very exciting call from uh, Darren there in his home track and this walking or dancing. It just shows the depth of the Open too because Galapagos was a Battle of the Bush um, a final participant and ran uh, ran a nice race in it as well uh, for Rodney Hay. So, and the Baker's been around a while and has got plenty of ability for Glenda Bell. So, 
a great result there for Bob Murray out of Eidsvold, but it also showed the significance of the uh, the experience of a jockey like Paul Hamlin. Now, we all know Paul's uh, career involves the jumps and he'll travel to Victoria when he can get into the state and back out again uh, to do that sort of thing. But he'll, he'll go around the country and uh, with these big weighted runners. He often picks up the rides. He did a great job also on Craigley Arion for Crystal Johnson, the Warhead five-year-old, carried the 63 kilos. And it got the better of RJC and Frascati missing at stablemate Craigley Satina into third. But that wasn't it for Paul because he combined with Raymond Williams. And hasn't Raymond Williams' team been really firing of late? It might be small, but it's select. And I'm pretty sure Godfather's Girl is the next Tony Gollan uh, runner, a uh, five-year-old by Bella Spree, and it was having its first run from the, for the stable. I think came from Glenn Richardson in between and Aspen Ladd into second and Tinder into third. But Paul Hamlin, congratulations on your hard work there, getting that double. And uh, another experienced jockey and Chris MacGyver got Begg's belief up the Hemingway uh, for John O. Singh in the maiden over Toy Blaze and Strathbogie Land. And uh, as well, the Adam Sewell, who we've commented, has been doing a good job going up the provincial circuit, back out to Thangul, got the win on Saucier Star for Mark Lehman, odds-on favourite, defeating Viking Clap for Raymond Williams and Toy Witty. So Paul Hamlin, great to see him get that double out of uh, that meeting and uh, great to hear that win of Walshy and uh, Darren Walker's call of it, Tony. I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't had a, a double-check of all of the results, but I wouldn't have been too surprised to have seen Paul then back up at the uh, the program. I think it was uh, Warwick Nabeel on Sunday that was an all-jumps program there. and well, he, he quite It wouldn't often, be the first time. Quite, no, it was actually, I think it was Packenham, uh, where they had hurdles and, and steeples right across the car. But I'm just having a look down through the list there. I should have checked this beforehand. I don't think he did, but quite often he does. He'll, ba- he'll back up from being at a country program in Queensland on the Saturday... And next thing he bobs up at a jumps uh, race on the Sunday in Victoria. I don't think he did this weekend, but, yeah, we quite often see that happen with P. Hamlin. I, th- I think it's only the COVID regulations would be stopping ah, him for yes. doing anything like that at the moment. I, but, think, uh, I think you're probably right there. Otherwise, he probably would have been at Packenham on the weekend. <laughs> it's, he's always a case of have saddle, will travel. And, and you, you uh, mentioned Tanya Parry in this premiership. Uh, well, she added to those wins up there at Huondon. But the story coming out of this meeting, and it was the second leg of a Timmy Brummel double, he bookended the program with his rides. Chapelco, the Spa Supermarket Hewenden Cup Open Handicap over the 1,400 metres. Don't you just love it in country racing or any racing when a story reflects something important in someone's life? Part owner, Liam Oates, turned 21 on Saturday. It was either Friday or Saturday. I know he was at the races at Hewenden, and I know he had a decent win on Chapelco as a part owner. Uh, Andrew Watts, Max Tanks and a couple of others in this particular Northern Meteor gelding who uh, Mark Oates has had a few issues with. A couple of runs into the campaign last start, a a second or fourth and a first, then got a little hoof issue. Back after being down at Clear Mountain View, Mark's done a great job. Uh, It went to McKinlay. Had a few weeks off. Second up in the Hewenden Cup. Absolutely blitzed the field by seven and a half lengths over Snippy Strategic and Benjoy Pegasus. And I don't think I've seen young blokes so excited. Uh, Max Tanks was at Blackall and he came running, I reckon, at the last 50 metres, holding the phone up with the live vision coming through, saying, we've got a win, we've got a win. And it was Chapelco taking the cup. Great to see. And good on you, young blokes. You're continuing to get your growth of ownership in that but Tony lovely to see a 21st birthday uh, celebration coming off with a win in the Hewenden Cup we've already said doesn't matter where you win there is no feeling like being a winning owner 
Exactly right. And as I said, that was the, that was the second of the leg for Timmy Brummel. And the, his first came with Tanya Parry with Lively Lass, a Danerich five-year-old mare, a win in two placings. The only three runs for the stable. She quinelled it. Crazy Suspect into second. And Bazooka was third. Tanya also had a winner with Keith Ballard with Craigley Altona, the city-wise galloper that... Uh, its first win this prep, but it was placed at Oak Park, defeated Cato and Farfa, and that's a pretty strong little form line race there. Cato been going uh, very well. Uh, Ray Herman and Rick McMahon, good to see Dark Archer take the cutest money, the four-year-old gelding by Golden Archer, coming off a second at Cloncurry, three back, defeated Metallica and Rockethead now with the uh, Tanya Parry stable. And Denise Ballard and Dan Ballard combined with Swiv, Swiv Carney, the Dakalani, first up it was this five-year-old, defeated Dollar Dream. And uh, arrogant uh, heart into third. So Timmy Brummel, he comes down to the Central West. He rides in the North West. Another one with Have Saddle Will Travel. And gets a double. And he got it for Tanya Parry uh, on uh, Lively Lass. And Chapelko taking that Hewenden Cup uh, in the last there at Hewenden on the weekend. And we went up to the far north to wrap up the country meetings on the weekend up to Mariba where you mentioned Lacey Morrison getting to the provincials at Cairns well she had a double at Mariba on the weekend she won on the Alex Malief trained Denny's ruler of course uh, the Penny Agua full brother by Tycoon ruler that's won two of its last three three wins out of six for the five-year-old defeating Meteorano and Rose of Athens and uh, Lacey also combined with uh, local trainer trains on the track Leanne Ashford with Elite Jet uh, the uh, Jet Spur six-year-old defeating Hershika and Toff Rocks. So the double there in that case. Christian Swaffer bouncing back with wins. Trevor Rowe trained Smoking Tommy taking the maiden plate. Frankie Edwards with Licky, Ricky Ludwood. Well, we, we've heard um, Peter Rowe comment on this Tycoon Thunder. This is five from five since joining the stable. The margin a little bit closer, but let's remember it carried 64 and a half. And Frankie Edwards got Tycoon Thunder up over Cool Attitude and exceedingly cool. This is a horse to follow. Just going to be interesting to see what happens when it hits that provincial level. But Peter Rowe has made the call. I think he just thinks it's one of the best horse going around in, in far north Queensland at the moment. The record is unblemished at this stage. And wasn't it lovely to see Mazza Abe getting another winner on Volpez for Dean Piccolo? And I'm pretty sure, Amazza, I apologise if I haven't got the numbers right, but I'm pretty sure I saw a post that said you had 20 wins for the season. Well done in good form. And he's bounced back with a good win there over Marvellous Heart and Regal Heart. The four-year-old by Fox Wedge uh, getting up by almost two lengths up there at Mariba, Tony. Just before we roll on this morning, a quick look at the calendar for the week. We are off to Rockhampton today with the TAB program. TAB racing Thursday at Townsville. TAB program on Saturday at Mackay, where it's Mackay Cup Day. That uh, program also features the Bell of the Whit Sunday and the Magic Millions Whit Sunday Guineas. Rob Bundaberg Race Club are in action this coming Saturday. It's Bundaberg Gold Cup and Bundaberg Lightning Day, and that cup is the first leg of the Star of the Sands Cup Series. And this is a new one that's uh, come along thanks to Racing Queensland. It uh, highlights a group of country races conducted on sand surfaces with above standard prize money. So we start at Bundaberg with the cup this weekend. Then on the 14th of August, the Gladstone Cup, open, open handicap there, 1608 metres. And you couldn't have a, uh, a Sand Cups challenge without having Gimpy involved. And on the 21st of August, the Gimpy Master Cup, 1470 metre open handicap, uh, will also uh, uh, be included there. Now, the series doesn't culminate in the final, but there is a $10,000 Cutis X sales voucher payable to the managing owner of the horse that accrues the most points in that three-race series with a points uh, allocation of three points for a win, two for a second, one for a third. And there's another classic example of these series. And you as keeper of the series, Tony, continue to roll on through the year with that 
that role. They that, don't trust me with mathematics. <laughs> that one's going to be easy. They can, they can have more series like this instead of, you know, eight-league series or something like that or 16 that we had in the Battle of the Bush. They're, they're the ones that j- confuse me and get me tri- tripped up. But when I've only got to add up a about uh, a dozen horses or something like that or uh, across these three races, that one's going to be easy. So... <laughs> Bundaberg with the first leg of the Star of the Sands Cups meeting. Uh, Ingham Gold Cup Day on Saturday for the Herbert River Jockey Club. Also racing at Julia Creek, Longreach and Roma. And as we mentioned, that Emerald program being transferred to Moranbar. And importantly, transfers this Sunday for the Moranbar Race Club. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Rob, we had the news last week, but we weren't able to uh, divulge too much of all of the detail because at the time uh, it only just uh, broken that uh, On The Bit Racing Australia had received the tender from uh, Racing Queensland to cover all of the uh, non-tab racing on the weekend and uh, wonderful to be able to have Christy Peters with us on the show this morning to tell us a little bit more about it and how people can get involved. Welcome along, Christy. Good morning, guys. How are you going? We're well this morning. Good morning to you, Christy. Um, and congratulations. That was great to have that announcement um, last week with On The Bit having the 200 race meetings across country Queensland. I think that's a vision that a lot of people have been looking for and I don't just mean being able to see the vision of country racing getting to this level and great to see Racing Queensland doing that. And you built the anticipation going into the weekend with some announcements of who was doing what and where. Uh, I'd I probably just have to ask you straight up, Christy, anticipation versus realisation doesn't always work the first day around. Um, I was calling it blackalls. I didn't get to see much live at all, but I believe there were issues, there were problems. So the realisation mightn't have come off how you want it, and I know you would have wanted it dearly to come off like that. So could you just tell our listeners what actually happened, uh, where it went wrong on the day, and, and what's the goal going forward? Yeah, so obviously we've spent um, quite a number of weeks now once we were notified that we had been successful in our tender, um, planning and planning and planning. Um, but obviously with technology, it only is ever ever good to people when it actually works. So unfortunately, we did have connectivity issues on the weekend. Um, a lot of people would have tuned into on the bit Racing Australia website and not seen a whole lot. Um, we have got the replays up now on our YouTube channel. Um, however, we have been working. We met with Racing Queensland yesterday and our 12 operators across Queensland that we have um, to get some more equipment out to them for this weekend. So fingers crossed, everything that we had planned for happens this weekend. We've seen it happen uh, numerous times, Christy, especially when something new like this comes along that is going to be so popular. And, and you see it, things like you know, when a major event goes on sale on something like a ticket tech, the website crashes when so many people are trying to log in all at the same time. That was, uh, I, I thought I was logging in the wrong way on the weekend, but we just also wanted to check in to, uh, to double check on that. Do we need to log in uh, and set up an account with onthebitracingaustralia.com.au or can you just basically click the website and then you go and watch the races? Yeah, so the initial idea was to have the subscription so that we could send everyone an email on the Friday letting them know what races were coming on on Saturday and what channel you could view them on. Mm-hmm. Um, however, because we had the issues we had on the weekend, we've decided um, just to can that whole subscription service altogether. So it will be able for everyone to just jump onto that website, click on watch, click on live racing. It'll come up for you guys. So there is no need to sign in anymore. Fantastic. So for dinosaurs like me, Christy, 
when you talk <laughs> websites. That I'm, I've got used to Facebook. I can quickly go on and see things. Um, I, I, I noticed one of the questions might be, why a website not Facebook? Uh, and it may have something to do, obviously, with the number of meetings. But how do you do that on your mobile? Is it just You don't have to have an iPad or a computer in front of you, uh, obviously, but how do you do it on your mobile, uh, getting into the website and do it quickly when you're trying to watch a race? Yeah, so you can definitely view it just on a mobile phone. Obviously, most people are at the races on a Saturday. Um, so we have made it friendly enough for the dinosaurs, Rob, um, to easily view that through their phones. You just go into your Safari or your Google Chrome, whatever it may be on your phone, um, and head to the website www.onthebitracingaustralia.com.au. Um, we are looking to eventually add a app, add an app, sorry, um, so that's in the process of being developed at the moment just to make it that little bit more easier. Um, the reason we went away from Facebook is we've had a lot of feedback saying if I want to go back two weeks after the race meeting and look at the footage, it can be quite tricky to view because there's so many meetings covered. Yep. And yeah. when you say the replays, getting replays up, is there a timeline you'll be aiming to work for with that to get them up and will they be again through the website or do they go through your Facebook site? Like, uh, is it something that's pretty instant or do we have to have a timeline involved there? Yeah, so obviously we have a contract in place with Racing Queensland, so there is a time frame involved. Uh, once again, because some of these meetings can be so remote, um, connectivity only allows you to do so much. So our aim is to have them up by the end of the day. Um, however, obviously, some of our operators will be travelling several hours to some of these meetings. So if they're not up by the end of the day, they certainly should be up by lunchtime the next day at the latest. I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to have, like you said, Christy, you know, the YouTube channel to be able to say, well, I'd like to go back and watch Chapelco's Hewenden Cup win on the weekend. But while I'm there, I might have a look at that other uh, maidener that uh, they told me about that it was such an impressive win. And you can go back and basically scroll through on your YouTube channel almost meeting by meeting. Yeah, correct. And we're hoping to add some more storage to our website so that we can keep those replays on our website for as long as possible as well. You, you mentioned earlier, uh, and this must be a huge task, you've got 200 race meetings across eight zones. Now, you mentioned 12 operators. Are you able to give us some details of, of how you've done that, how you've set it up, who's involved, if you're able to, um, to get this working? And, and, and are you, you're obviously pretty confident you're going to, um, we're going to cover, you're going to be able to cover all of these meetings. Yeah, so obviously it's, um, the Racing Queensland has broken the state up into eight regions. So we've tried to secure at least one camera operator in each region. Um, that certainly does help, but obviously you've got places like far northwest region where Mount Isa, Gregory Downs, Julia Creek, they're all at considerable distance travel. Um, we're still searching for a couple of operators um, in some of the regions just to make sure that we've got at least two in each region. So we are still working on building that number of operators and I guess the thing there too, uh, sorry, Rob, I was going to say, no, Christy, I think the, the thing there too is uh, this is an enhanced product compared to, I know that we've, we've come a heck of a long way and there's a number of face group, uh, Facebook groups that have been involved over the last couple of years uh, and it's been wonderful having volunteers out there and basically live streaming on their mobile phones, but this is a, an enhanced product with uh, better quality vision, better quality audio. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. It's gotten to the point where if... We want to get better footage. Um, sometimes we've gone from just being able to hold the phone up in front of a speaker so people can at least hear the races. Mm. 
Um, but people had gotten used to that and now they want to see the footage. And because there are so many companies out there that are doing it and they're doing it well, people are expecting the footage to be of a good quality. So unfortunately, getting people to those meetings, it means that we do have to pay for them to get out there, um, especially places like Baduri. <laughs> but yep. um, yeah, so it's we're getting there. We're getting there. And obviously, like I said earlier, we're working on that connectivity to try and get them as live as possible. And I would imagine, I mean, a lot of people get disappointed when they, they get the build-up. They think, beauty, we're going to watch all this racing and it doesn't come through. I'm not sure how many meetings you missed or got or how many races were missed, but in actual fact, it's past history now and, and uh, it's pretty easy to jump up and down and complain or something that that didn't come through or you didn't get this race. I, re- I would imagine that the uh, disappointment would be very huge on your end as well, something that people need to remember, that the amount of work you've put into it, uh, it would have been pretty devastating uh, when things don't go right the first time around. Oh, absolutely. Um, we're lucky enough that our kids are very understanding. So Saturday they didn't have mum and dad for too long. Uh, Matt and I were very busy on the phone trying to figure out how we could fix the issues that we were experiencing. So, yeah, it was very disappointing for Matt and I. Um, but at the end of the day, we're only, we can only do so much with what we've got at the moment. We're continuing to build on that product so we can bring everyone what they want, which is the live racing. I probably shouldn't tell tales out of school, but I sent Maddie a good luck message lunchtime Saturday and he replied, I have sweat running down. I don't want to actually disclose where it was running, but it was, it was an information that I desperately needed Saturday lunchtime. But yeah, the, the anticipation and I guess, yeah, the, the pressure that was on to try and get it all up and running, as Rob said, it's all behind us now and onwards and upwards from here, but it's such a daunting task. I know from just what I have to control here through Radio Tab, it's my responsibility to get race callers out to race meetings. That's hard enough as it is, let alone the technical side of things to make sure that, uh, you know, you've got vision and audio and things like that happening. Yeah, we'll put it this way. We're already already looking forward to uh, Northern Cup Day where we've got 11 meetings that we need to cover. <laughs> oh, yes. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. We've got everything sorted by then. <laughs> And Christy, that that's another example of the of the problems too. You get Melbourne Cup Day, you get huge crowds. If how does it the website work? I know at uh, um, at Blackall the uh, operator had a dongle they were using for internet connection, but it, it would drop in and out. So is that part and parcel of of a crowd factor on a track? Does it does it diminish the ability to transmit? And and how do you now go forward and overcome that? Yeah, absolutely. Crowd numbers do play a factor in that. Um, I know at Emerald a couple of weeks ago for our cup meeting, we had a much larger crowd than what we usually get for that day and I struggled in the office to get internet. So it's definitely a factor. However, that's not an excuse long term. Um, We're talking with a couple of different satellite companies to try and come up with a similar setup to what our TAB broadcasters have got. yeah, so we're working towards that. That'll be a little bit further down the track once we get a bit of capital behind us. But, um, yeah, that's our end goal. And can I also ask, um, I'm always intrigued with this with uh, the vision providers, um, the standard that you want to reach, obviously we've gone through the phones, we've gone through the Facebook, we're getting vision. And this is, as I say, it's fantastic. This is where country racing needs to get to and Racing Queensland supporting it. How do you standardise it? What's the sort of standardised... Just try and take us through. What would you see the standardised vision? What do you want to be able to see when you when you click on? And how good a vision do you want to see? Is there a process after the race to get the full results? Uh, is that going to be a standardised approach across all your operators? Yes. Yeah, so at the moment, with our contract with Racing Queensland, they've requested that we um, start filming once the horses have gotten around to the barriers. 
um, and follow through until the last horse has been called past the post. Um, obviously, with our live coverage, we're hoping if we've got a bit of time in between the races to show the horses coming back in to the mounting yard and the jockeys coming off those horses just to get um, things like times and that sort of stuff for people as well. Um, I have found in the last three years, people are always keen to get the correct results and the times. So that's <laughs> yeah, moving yeah, forward, that's our goal. It's amazing, isn't it, where we came from, say, 10 years ago, when uh, most people would sort of start thinking about when they started to, to have internet and home and things like that. You go back even further, 15, 20 years ago, you were flat out getting the results in the Sunday paper, let alone trying to get them within a couple of minutes of a race being run at somewhere like Oak Park. It's amazing how technology has jumped along. That's exactly right. And that's a testament to not just uh, the work that we've done, but also to the other people that have been streaming the country races. Um, without everyone doing it, I don't think Racing Queensland would have had such a big focus on getting this non-tab vision agreement into place. Mm, very much yeah, so. It's a, it's a snowball effect, isn't it? Things get rolling. Other pe- people get involved. Everyone contributes. And, uh, you know, and I, I know it's been a goal for On The Bit to um, to get to the level you've achieved and congratulations on getting there. And uh, let's move on from the disappointment of one weekend. We've got a long year ahead of us with, you know, 200, year, uh, 200 meetings to cover and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, onwards and upwards. And, uh, you know, I hope eventually down the track it does get to the stage there'll even be post-race interviews, etc., that do take place. And, uh, you know, it's these initial problems. But uh, if you've got the right technology behind you, hopefully, hopefully this weekend, how many meetings have you got, uh, got to cover, Christy, and, and they're all going to be up on the weekend? Yeah, I believe we've got five, five or six this weekend. Um, I'm trying not to be in front of my emails at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on them enough this weekend. But, um, yeah, no, I'll be over at Moranbar covering Moranbar this weekend. So I'm keen to get behind the camera and get the new equipment all tested out. But, um, yeah, post-race interviews, that's something that we're hoping to get towards. But obviously we just need to iron out the kinks from last weekend before we continue. Part of the challenge too, isn't it, Christy? You know, with videos and video operators, videoing horse racing can be different than, say, videoing a wedding. And that's where that training... And uh, Is there any, any prospect of, of, of your team training uh, happening down the track? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. At the moment, because it's so important that we get it right to begin with, mm-hmm. um, we have gone with some professionals that have experience in filming horse races. Um, that's one thing we've come across before is people say that they've videoed weddings before and then they can't seem to keep up with the racehorses. So <laughs> yeah. there's no point filming the races if the horses aren't going to be in the footage. So, um, but yeah, definitely we're looking to expand, um, taking on some apprentice, apprentices with the high schools. Um, so yeah, that's something we're definitely looking into. Fantastic. Well, it's been great to have a chat with you this morning and especially to let everyone know how they can be able to catch up with the racing action. The website is on the bit racing Australia. Type that all in together on the bitracingaustralia.com.au. You don't need to log in. There's no account to set up. It'll be uh, just click on and you'll be able to watch. And for dinosaurs like Rob, whose uh, <laughs> grandkids aren't quite old enough to show Pop how to be able to use his mobile phone, yes, just open up your browser on your phone, Safari or Chrome, and you'll be able to uh, log into the website and watch the races that way. My, my trouble is, Tony, I'm, I'm keen to see all the other ones but I'm usually calling a race at the same time as somewhere else might be going and it's pretty it's pretty hard for me to do two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to uh, all of the OTBRA team on the weekend, Christy. Uh, you get the weekend off as far as Saturday is concerned from uh, your other hat that you wear as secretary at the uh, Emerald Jockey Club but as you said, you'll be behind the camera more and bar on Sunday. Yes, thank you very much for your time.
Thanks for joining us this morning. morning. Christy. Christy Peters there with us from uh, On The Bit Racing Australia. And, uh, Rob, that's great that we've been able to uh, explain to people a little bit of what happened last weekend. But as we said, we move on from that and we look forward to this coming weekend. Uh, and with those non-tab programs, uh, just think, you've got a horse in the Bundaberg Gold Cup or the Ingham Gold Cup on the weekend and you can't get there with whatever restrictions happen to be on. Sometimes you just can't go to the races because of work and family commitments. To be able to catch up with some of that action compared to where we were even you know, three, five years ago is quite amazing. Yeah, and that's what I think people have got to keep in perspective, Tony. And, and don't expect don't expect that the, the vision standard maybe of that Sky Channel provision standard in the second week of operation. And yes, let's, let's look to the improvement of getting all the coverage. Uh, it's easy to jump up and down and criticise and complain and, uh, and get on board doing that. And yes, it's difficult when you've missed a key win uh, of your horse that you mightn't have got that race in there. But unfortunately, the first uh, weekend didn't go as planned. We've heard why it didn't go as planned. We've heard that there's a, a, a good system in place with 12 operators across the state. There's work going on behind the scenes uh, with vision providers, satellite providers to try and overcome big crowds. And uh, personally, I wish I wish on the bit Racing Australia all the best with this progress because this is the benefit for country racing across the board. This is a point we've reached and uh, should only get bigger, Tony. Uh, very much so. It's going to be a, another great weekend of racing on the way. And a one last note that I want to mention, I saw an email come out this morning. Uh, Cairns Amateurs uh, have now officially launched their ticket sales and it won't be long before we then start to talk about that come September. So if you want to find out more, you can jump on the uh, the Cairns Amateurs website there uh, to be able to uh, grab your tickets if you are headed towards Cairns. And I know of a lot of people who are doing exactly that when they haven't been able to go interstate uh, due to COVID restrictions and whatnot so already in 2021 or even looking ahead to later in the year. So cairnsamateurs.org.au is where you can go for all of the information, bookings and tickets there for the Cairns Amateurs coming up in September. And, Tony, you don't even need to think of the Cairns Amateurs when you're thinking of the restrictions of travel. You go to Bullia for the Bullia Camel Races, and <laughs> great to see Channel 9 was yes. there with the coverage of the Bullia. Two-day meeting, and... Uh, bookmakers on hand there were some classic results up there this is the there's three thousand people they reported i'm not sure how accurate the figures are but it'd be pretty close because it's unique and what great facilities up there at bullia it was great to see them get underway with the bullia camel races so we do report on just about everything in country racing on Bushbeat, tony we very much do and uh, we'll be <laughs> reporting next week on all of the action coming out of this weekend uh good luck for those headed towards Mackay for their cup program saturday as the carnival rolls its way up the coast bundaberg gold cup day to kick off the star of the sands cup series Ingham Gold Cup Day, Julia Creek, Longreach and Roma racing on Saturday, Moranbar on Sunday. Yes, we'll look forward to that and email me with any great stories. Barker's News at optusnet.com.au. I'll be back next uh, Tuesday to report on uh, Bushbeat as we have our big meeting or a meeting here at Longreach where an extra race has been added to the program and owners and trainers, please accept because uh, as Cole Truscott has said, uh, aggressive division of racing. Hopefully it will continue the trend of seven race programs over the weekend in the Central West and we look forward to being back uh, next week. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning to our listeners. Good on you, Rob. Thank you to Rob Luck and Christy Peters for joining us on Bushbeat this week and that is our show for another week, folks. As always, our podcast is available through our Wooshka page and also the link available through the On The Bit Racing Australia Facebook page too. And we'll catch you back next week on the show, catching up with all things country racing here on Radio Tab.